Born in Trouble. In and out the frame, out your flame, I'll make it bright. Good morning and welcome to the special episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. And on this special July 4th holiday celebration, if you still celebrate July 4th, do you still celebrate July 4th? If you do, that's something you're going to have to ask your ancestors about. Either way, but um, Born in Trouble, I've got a special guest today. This is a Tuesday talk, and Crum, the master student, is here. Give Crum a round of applause. How you doing today, brother? Peace and love. All is well. Thank you for asking. And yourself? I'm okay. I'm okay. Just got up here. Um, so you have a YouTube channel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A little modestly, modest. Uh, it's called Crumb TV, like 20,000, a little bit more than 20,000 followers. I've had it for about three years now. Okay. I don't know if that's new or old, but I'm going strong, still growing. Yes, sir. I'm over there. What made you start the uh, channel? I've looked at some of your content. I love your content, by the way. You know, you deserve a round of applause. You're doing a, you're doing like the work of uh, the community because you're educating a lot of people. You're pointing out points of view. It's not just a, I, I, I especially love the part where you're interviewing other people and you're checking them as they're speaking. So you're making sure that you're keeping everyone honest at the same time. You're an honest dealer, you know, so you, I can look at you as I can look at your spot as a reliable source for information. But what made you decide that you wanted to get into that in the first place? Well, I consider myself to be one of the leaders of the age of information. I am, uh, by the Gregorian calendar, I am age 38, born 19, uh, 1982, November 15th. And uh, I didn't get a the reason I, I share that with you is because I didn't get a computer into my personal possession until I was in my 20s. I know the children wow. are basically born with an iPhone. But, you know, I'm from a generation where so many things change instantly. I'm not talking about eight tracks and vinyl. Mm. I'm talking about <laughs> right now, the children don't even know what an iPod is because, mm. you know, we're right. just past so much. Tech, so much technology has gone through within the last 20 years. We, we kind of fast forwarded to this point right now. So now we're just like, wow, we're in a whole new world all types of information. We all just kind of instantly got phones. This is really a new society versus even just 10 years ago. So we're all just trying to make sense of that. And I am one of the leaders of making sense of it from a black perspective. I went to public school, just like the rest of the family, uh, for the most part, by and large, I was raised in churches like the rest of the family, just a normal background, uh, came from the rougher side of town. Uh, my mom had me when she was 16, you know, I'm not, mm -hmm give you a sob story but it is it is what it is, it is what so it with is. that said as we all came into growth being more established in society uh having a little more access to things you know remember uh the fair lending act didn't come into the 80s yeah. you know we, we weren't getting loans and our parents didn't have the same opportunities that their uh, uh european counterparts may have had so now we're just getting to a point where uh 
to a degree, Black Lives Matter. We can vote. You know, there are no laws stopping us from reading. We, you know, we all have computers. And I am one of the vanguards at telling the story, retelling the narrative, filling in the gaps from the Black point of view. Wow, that's great. I'm going to give you a round of applause for that. But um, something that stuck out that you said, you, you didn't have any technology until you were 22 years old. And from looking at the number of things that you do, your pages, your cartoons, your video edits, all of those things, are you self-taught? Is that, you know, did you did you get these pieces of technology and they kind of like awoken something in you and they allowed you to, you know, build into a new world? Or did you take any courses or what was that that makes you such a great editor? Well, I'll say by and large, YouTube University. You know, I, I went to, is that a free resource or are you saying that, is that something that you're saying YouTube university? Oh yeah. Just, just, just being funny. You know, there is no, there's no official YouTube university, but it's, I was told that a hammer can build a house. And that is a true statement. Mm. In addition to that, a hammer can also tear down a house. Mm. You know, uh, it's, it's not the tool. The tool isn't good or bad. It's the user. You know, we can get on the internet and the, and the internet can be the most destructive, uh, unproductive tool that we have to, to distract us, to make us lose time, to mm. make us, you know, just waste time or YouTube or in the internet for that matter can be a tool to really help people get to the next level. I think, uh, I don't know what the particular number was, but America made more millionaires during COVID-19 than any other time in the last 20 years uh, or, or, or 10 years. or just some short period of time. So I think a lot of us are waking up. We're getting more productive. We've just got this new energy. More people want to drink water. We want to eat clean. We want to just do right within our lives. There's just a new wave of civilization evolution, if you will. And I'm just taking part of that, being humble to the opportunities. I used to go and gripe about the education that I was not given. Why didn't they teach that in public school? And the public school education is so this and so that. Well, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Anything I got for free, I appreciate it. In addition to that, ultimately, my education is my responsibility. Right. And, and the on. only reason. I'm going to give you another round of applause because I'm going to build on that. We're going to build on that. But go ahead. I appreciate what they gave us in school, but I believe that the idea of graduating is somewhat misleading. I'm not going to say toxic, though it is, but I'm going to say misleading. We never graduate. You're supposed to learn something every single day. Damn. God, I say that all the time. I tell that to my kids. I tell that to my daughter. Like, you know, if you keep learning something by the end of, by the end of your life, you will be a well spring of knowledge you know so i'm 51 right now check me out when i'm 70 all right (laughs) let's keep this going let's keep this going what were you saying brother so basically in essence i was able to personally develop my skills from being self-taught just being adamant 
um, the difference between the teacher and the student is that the teacher has failed more mm-hmm. times than the student has. And from the student's perspective, oh, wow, it just it, the teacher has it all together. No, you just you, you didn't you weren't there for the struggle. The teachers struggle just like you're right. going to struggle. I don't have a magic pill. I don't have a secret to success. It's the same thing as everybody else. I just worked my ass off. I got my ass kicked in the process and I, and I just had the balls to stay in and to keep my head up and, you know, not be discouraged. That was really it. Well, brother, I'm going to tell you, you're very impressive to me. The work that you did just to YouTube university, your work is your technical work is like, great. My education is my responsibility. That's a deep one. That's very, and I always tell people your education, there's many different ways to define education. Um, you don't get it necessarily from a degree and to a large extent because of Google degrees are kind of, to me, devalued. It doesn't really prove as much because of the learning that we had to, that I had to go through was like through books. We had to read, we had to learn, we had to find the information. Part of the struggle was actually finding the information and now things are so easy, but finding the right information, that's another story. And you provide a lot of the right information. So once again, round of applause for that. You know, so, uh, Brother, did you see that movie about the guy who got smart from taking a pill? Are you talking about Flowers for Algernon back in the day? No, uh, Limitless. Limitless. Yes, I saw that. Yes, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, it's great amazing. movie. It's amazing. Great movie. So now uh the college kids have a limitless pill. Okay. Uh have you heard about the pills, the 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 smart drugs the kids are taking to get through college? No, I haven't heard about that. Um well, right. it's ba- Go ahead. It's basically one of these ADD drugs uh some of them, you know, there's different ones. Some of them have names. Uh, I'm trying to look it up right now, but I can't find it. It's supposed to just make you focus. Um, and in addition to that, there's just so many ways to, you know, get around a lot of the college courses. Like, you know, um, rate my professor. Uh, you know, I, I I went to college. I cheated just like everybody. <laughs> Round of applause for the honesty. <laughs> for the honesty if you go to sites like rate my professor right now mm-hmm. if the, the family's going on you know this there's, there's a social media you just in case everybody knows this i'm not telling anything new right but if if you want a hard professor you can get one if you want an easy professor they're, you can, they're there they're there well i mean donald trump trump graduated from penn you know, that would seem impossible. There's always a way where there's a will, there's a way. If you have the money, if you have the influence, or if you have the ability to cheat. Now, now I am going to say, without a doubt, I don't know. But without a doubt, I don't put it past that Donald Trump cheated. I'm not saying he did not. Actually, I'm not a gambling man, but if I had to put my money on it, <laughs> I, I bet that he cheated. And you'd probably be a little richer. You'd have to put a lot of money up. You'd have to put a lot of money up because those odds are going to be like, you know, like 1,000 to 1,000 and to negative 1,001. 
You know, you have to put a million out to make like ten cents. Most motherfuckers is not is not like they're not betting against that. There were reports of like you know stuff that happened with him when he was in military school and. You know, um, his classmates talking about how he had unearned accolades and things of that nature. So it just shows you how they just elevate. They just elevate people now, not based upon merit, but based upon um, perception and what's put out there. And that's a lot of what goes on in our community as well. Perception is a big problem. The things that you see. We have different we have different backgrounds. My father was a truck driver. My experience was different. I had it kind of easy, except for days when guys banged out of work, and then my ass was getting up and doing extremely hard, manly, strenuous labor for long hours and not getting paid for that shit. My pay was like, you know, my feet underneath the table. It didn't happen too much, but it happened. But it also gave you an understanding and appreciation of how that, how those things were provided to you. Um, Was it a good living? Yes. Was it a hard living? Yes. You know, and that's the reality. Everybody's story is different and positions are different, you know, and academia has its own issues. And I'd say that you're you're probably I would trust you more than I would trust a lot of people that have degrees doing work because of the fact that you've taken these tools and you basically took what was available to you and you made something out of it. But not everybody can do that. One of my partners. Go ahead. You know, transparency is a really big thing. Back when I was still, I I had faith and belief in the government. Uh, Obama, during his his first president, his first uh, four years, had said that he was going to really push for transparency, and that was the first time in my life where I was just really conscious of seeing how things work and just being, you know, uh, forthcoming Mm -hmm. and you have to be the cheese. And some of this stuff is cliche. It's cheesy. If you would have told me this 10 years ago, I'm like, Oh Lord, everybody says that, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's called cynicism. You get a little bit more of it as you get older and you have to fight it off. You got to beat it back like a stick. Because reality is still reality, but go ahead. (laughs) But I think transparency truly is a big thing. And you want to know, hey, where'd you get that from? How did you come to that conclusion? Um, How did you do that? And for me, I want to be the change that I want to see. So if if I'm pressed for time, I'll just go on the internet if I'm doing a, a video on a particular topic and just speak my portion of understanding. But a lot of times people are going to ask you, hey, well, what book did you read? Uh, what, you know, what information, you know, can you cite your information? Where did you pull that from? Uh-huh. And that is what kind of made me, well, not even kind of, but definitely made me create my own niche. It helped me develop, you know, Based off the feedback, I'm like, all right, well, people want to know where I'm getting it from. So I started making PowerPoints Mm -hmm. and the PowerPoints were more for transparency, not only for uh, uh, a storyline. Every story has three parts, the beginning, the middle and the end. Not just make sure, oh, you're ranting. No, there's a beginning, there's a middle and there's an end. I'm I'm going somewhere. This is not a rant. Uh, But not only for that, but just to show the sources to say, hey, family, I said this or this 
you know, if you look at this and then you look at that, what conclusion do you draw? Because remember, a good teacher doesn't tell you uh, what to see. Mm. They can only tell you where to look. So mm. I'm not telling people one plus one is two. I'm getting in the look. Hey, there's a sheep and there's a sheep. How many sheep do we have? Right. Two. All right. Well, okay. So now I, you learned versus memorizing what I told you to say. Mm. And that's where I'm at. That's interesting. Um, a lot of fake academics, they'll rely upon the words of others instead of giving an opinion or formulating opinion themselves. Memorization is not intelligence. It's the ability to read and understand. The interpretation is completely and totally it's what you do with it. So, Yeah, I, I can add value to that. Okay. You know, as a up-and-coming academic from school, I was very sheeple. I was very sheepish. I was very dedicated to memorizing versus critical thinking. So when they asked questions like who discovered America, Christopher Columbus. Mm, now keep right in away. mind, the only, the only issue with that is now we're talking or speaking from a position of perspective, a position of thinking. What mindset are you in when you say that? Well, when you say discovered, you have to be in a European mindset mm. because for the Native American, Christopher Columbus didn't discover anything. Now, there are Native Americans who will tell you Christopher Columbus discovered America. And you would look at them oddly and say, well, where do you see yourself <laughs> at the point where he was like, you know, right. Do you right. have a, you know, you, you you have to be thinking from a Your European culture was in a shell in an egg just waiting to be cracked open by Christopher Columbus. That's what they're basically giving up all of their identity, their rights to their identity. Exactly. So with that said, I came to the same fork in the road where I had to ask myself critically, I see the information. I understand the information. This is a point of view from a particular group of people. Mm -hmm. Is that my point of view? Does how does that reflect to me? These were all critical things I had to really come to a conclusion on before I could really move forward the way I have. So now that I have a sense of self, mm. when I hear the stories, I automatically think, what is because when you know it's your responsibility to tell the story from your perspective. You can't be like, well, what Johnny said, no, well, what did you say? Right. When when Ish went down and Johnny was stealing, what did you do? I don't want to hear about what Johnny and them was doing. What we so now that's where I'm at. Uh, when when Christopher Columbus discovered America, what was my position then? In my mind, did he discover it? What what do I think about that? To have the balls to even draft your own opinion is very uh, peculiar, even these days, because we're we're programmed and conditioned just to think from the European perspective. One last point, I'm gonna pass the mic. I'm not saying anything bad about Europeans because it is their responsibility to tell the story from their perspective. Yeah. It's not their responsibility to tell the story from our perspective. Remember, we integrated into their schools. They didn't integrate into our schools. So it is our responsibility to, to take the information and digest it accordingly, not versus, uh, just as you were saying, a place where we lose our culture and identity.
You know, it's interesting. Well, everything you say is interesting. I got to give you a round of applause every time you stop at this point. But um, you're, what you're discussing is um, a culture where shirking responsibility has become a thing. So you can say that it's odd and it's weird to hear people like responding in these ways. But unfortunately, like you have 60 percent of a population that believes that that is the way that you should go about handling things. So I always come back to something that we even were talking about in before we started recording this. And it's a foundation. And if you build your, one of the terms that stuck with me as a child was like, if you build a a house with a strong foundation, then everything else is going to be good. So I've always worried about that. So it's, I've always paid attention to these foundational pieces when I'm handling stuff and shirking responsibility and building a foundation are counter to one another. It can't possibly work. It won't possibly, nothing that's that's coming out of that. If you wonder when an organization starts or a movement starts and it begins strong and it ends, it just ends. That's the, that's what you're missing in between there, in between that point. And it's sort of like the, the church, you know, the black church. The black church has traditionally, it's been a great thing. Or it's been a good thing. I won't, you know, I'll say, eh, eh, mince and mince, right? Okay. We've had, it's always been a place where we could, where we can go for comfort, for strength, for assistance. And um, also at the same time, it hasn't always provided the things that we were, that we've needed. Go ahead. Well, in in honor of today being Sunday, I want to put some respect on the Christian name. And I will say that the particularly Black Christian church has been not only good, it's been great. It's been critical in our development. And I'll tell you why I sing the church's glory, at least in its highest point. I remember... You know, I went through my anti-Christian days, and though I may not be the model poster child for what a Christian is, should be, or or whatever the case may be, I will say that uh, I, I still see some good things within the church. And my uh, this is all based off what my grandma told me. She said at one point in time, the church was the foundation of our community. Facts. The church is where you would go uh, uh, for uh, babysitting when you're hungry, feed the elderly, mm. where we go to vote, mm. where uh, um, a lot of a lot of documents, insurances, where you know people's people's policies were held at the church. The church was a repository. Uh, the church was was for archive. Remember, we buried our dead behind the church. Mm. We archived our families after they transitioned behind the church, and we called that hallowed ground. And or, we still do. And we, st- and we still do. The church has played, you know, I don't care, with all due respect, if you are a stone-cold atheist, you have to understand, and you can't turn a blind eye to the position that the church has within our community. Now. 
am I a fan of our of our current church with the the Eddie Longs and the Joel Osteens and the you know the Cadillac preachers and the pimping from the pool pit? I see it. Uh, we know that there's at one point in time, you know, when I was in a deep in the culture, we we all noticed one of the unspoken truths was the choir director was homosexual, you know, but he he could sing his ass off and play, you know, whatever. But how come, you know, I'm not, and I'm not here to destroy or talk bad. I, I understand the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I take it as it is, um, but I can't play it down. I'll mm-hmm. say this as well. The European won't play it down either. Remember Dylan Roof? Are, are you yes. familiar with the, he, he shot up a church. Yes. I want the, the family to understand he shot nine church going black members and he didn't go to no disrespect. He didn't go to a store front church, like in, in them shopping plazas, you got, mm-hmm. you got a little seven right. Eleven, you know, and then you'll have a storefront church. Right. I'm not talking about that. Denmark. I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, Dylan roof went to a historically black church that had been in operation uh, within the 1800s, we have a revolutionary. Now, I know in Black History Month, we're only going to talk about Rosa Parks. We're only going to talk about Martin Luther King, Jesse Jackson, so on and so forth. But uh, prior to uh, 1865, Emancipation Proclamation, prior to us getting free, supposedly free-ish, there was a revolutionary by the name of Denmark VC. Mm-hmm. Denmark VC was a revolutionary as well as a Methodist black preacher. And a lot of their revolutionary conversations where they would just touch and agree would happen prior to, during, or after service. And that's always been a hub. So when the white, the white boy could have shot up an HBCU, he could have shot up, uh, a a a basketball game. You know we love basketball, but he went to the church. That right. speaks volumes, brother. Well, they love basketball too. So, you know, if you go to a, if you go to a game, it's going to be mostly white people. So, it's like he went to where he had a rich. It was a target rich environment, and I'm I'm going to say like I'm I'm pretty sure I'm just going to put the asterisk. I'm sure that um your church does not include a white Jesus. Correct. It's not a Correct. white Jesus. We're not. Go ahead. Now, I, I'll simply echo my earlier sentiments. We have to look through an independent lens. We have been bred, conditioned, programmed to look through a European lens. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, that's necessary. I know that's not cool in terms of being pro-Black to say but I can give examples. I digress. But in certain cases, it is your responsibility to look through your own lens. I was talking to a girl who said, because I don't know if guys do it or not, but I was talking to a girl and she said she got lost in a man. His thoughts were her thoughts. His feelings were her feelings. Anything he wanted to do, she wanted to do. And she said she just totally lost herself. Mm. She didn't think for herself. And, you know, um, it was a sad reality. She she got over it. You know, congratulations to her. However, comma it it played a big part within me 
looking through my own eyes, thinking for myself. And when it comes to a global perspective, we can easily look and see that the Asian has his deity figure, which is Buddha. We can see that the European has his deity uh, which is Jesus. We can see that the uh, the the Native American has their uh, deity, which is the totems and the spirits or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we go to look at the highest form of our people, the most divine prophet that reflects us, we, we we're not going to find anybody, you know, who we could mistake for that look like grandma (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't expecting that one that was a good one you snuck that one in i knew where you was going but you snuck it in real quick (laughs) (laughs) so i get you credit for that one too oh i'm enjoying this conversation so deep so deep so deep so many different things uh, my my experience with church is a little bit different than most people and like as i've been going over as after we talked earlier in the week i started going back to conversations and my own experiences and i really have i had a very close relationship with my deceased mother and i really have questions that i wanted to ask her but this is one that it brought up a question that i really wanted to ask her because um, when I grew up, we were Jehovah's Witnesses for a long time. So it's not the Sunday church thing. It's a different type of, it's like a cult to a certain Kingdom extent. Hall. Kingdom Hall. But there were certain things with that, like we didn't pledge allegiance to the flag. Teach? What about Christmas? No Christmas. Teach? There was no holidays. There was none Teach. of that stuff. Come on. There was none of that stuff. So it's like, and then like later on, we had a she had a falling out with the religion, and we left, and then she did she started becoming a follower of you know Pentecostal faith, and that was that experience. But I was at a I was at an age where my mother was like, listen, if you don't want to go to church, you don't have to, and I'm like basically out there. So I really stopped going to church for the most part. If I did go to church, I went with her at a Pentecost to a Pentecostal church, but. What I always, what I wanted to ask is like, whew, no pledge of allegiance, no holidays. Coming from where she came in Norfolk, Virginia, and her experiences, I wondered, was that by design, was that an act of defiance on her part by choosing that religion? Because I can't see any other reason why. And that religion has just as many problems as any other. They've had sex scandals. A woman that I know who is um, who had went through the the experience with the witnesses and the elders and things and um, the stories of what was actually going on behind the scenes was like worse than what was what the good that they were supposedly doing. But they teach you manners. They teach you respect. You come up a certain way, and that type of stuff resonates. But that really had me thinking this week. <sighs> well, let me add value as I love to do. Please. That's why you're here. Because you add value to pretty much everything that you do, I see. I like that. Better. So now when we're dealing with Jehovah Witness, it's not 100% a denomination. Is actually 
I'm sorry, it's, it's not 100% a religion. It's a denomination of Christianity. It's it, for, for the yes. listening audience that may not know Jehovah, what a Jehovah Witness is, it's, it's a Christian family. He's not talking about anything outside of Christianity. Um, but it is a denomination within Christianity. What we're going to see is, and you threw the word out, cult. I'll acknowledge that. Now, we have to understand we're speaking the English language and we are not English. We aren't from England. You know, we're not good with the whole Shakespearean dialogue, but we're doing our best. We create our so, own dialogue where necessary. Absolutely. So now when we're dealing with a cult, now that I've harped on the religion part, I'm sorry, excuse me, the uh, language part. Uh, when we're dealing with a cult, cult is short for culture. Now, I will say Jehovah Witness is a cult, but not in a negative way. I'm going to say Jehovah Witness has a very strong, organized culture. So the listening audience may say, well, Brother Crumb, what do you mean? I mean that if this Sunday we all go to Kingdom Hall because, you know, it has Jehovah Witness, we don't go to church. Jesus didn't go to church. Y'all going to church for? Church means circle. Y'all gathered in a circle. Y'all on some wicker witchcraft stuff. Stop playing with me. As, as, as real progenitors and practicers of the, of the faith, we don't go to church. There's a reason it's called Kingdom Hall. I digress. This Sunday, when we all go to Kingdom Hall, if, if, if you and I talk about Genesis chapter four, uh, verses three through seven, Uh every single hall across the world is all going to be in the same book, the same chapter, the same verses. Uh If you see two men, they dress the same and they move. We, they both read in a book. Line by line, word by word, page by page. They just sit there in the open. Cops going to come. If two or more are gathered, where two or more are gathered, that's where the Lord is going to be at. We are operating on one accord. In school, one band, one sound. Well, no disrespect to nobody, but only the only the Jehovah Witness are operating truly to the spirit of one band, one sound. We all move the same. Mm. It ain't going to be no flip-flopping. It's all about the messaging. It's, it's all about the messaging. Go ahead. No, no pun intended. I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Listen, you're not Listen, you're not just preaching to me. You're, listen, you're preaching to people that are listening to this. That's the reason why I, I, want your, I want your point of view. I want people to understand because I feel these ways, but you can um, eloquate it in a much better way. When I think about it, I, it comes out like I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but like you know, you. This is why you're. This is why I invited you here. You know, these things are these things are like reality. This is reality. This is the systems that we live within. You can you say that? I'm just gonna just go to one thing. Like as soon as you said that about every branch in every congregation preaching the same thing. The first thing I thought about was the news um, channel conglomerate that 
what they do is they put the same message and the same thing out there in Houston, Philadelphia, Detroit, Chicago, New York. And the reason why they do that is because the methods are tried and true. Go on. News. The word news is not a word. It's an acronym. North, East, West, South. The Bible says I will spread the message to the four quarters. Uh. So when you when you put a, 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 a correlation between news and the message, mm. the Bible, the word, the good news, the gospel, these are the, you know, the, this is not by chance that you found that correlation. That's divine. We already know we operating on some higher shit. I'm sorry. I didn't ruin the whole show. <laughs> no, we curse. Whole show. no, we curse all the time. You obviously okay. haven't listened. <laughs> that but, was you know, we was okay. <laughs> it, 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 it's Sunday. We supposed to be some holy thing. Uh, so I just want to keep it. Well, you know, if you're a Seventh Day Adventist, then that day was it was Saturday. So you, you know, so whatever. <laughs> That's where you were. Okay. All depends on where you are. You know, okay. we we just we just let it go. Whatever it is. It's meant for you to say that. It's Sunday. Okay. It's divine. It's all divine. Amen. 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 So, so as be you it. Say, so. so now, when we look at Jehovah's Witness operating on one accord, the same message, every every branch, every congregation, every hall. So now we're not going to see that. Or uh, organization across the other denominations. However, comma, just like you pointed out, and I, I think that's a, a great segue to my next point, you're going to see a different science, a different inkling, a different piece uh. to this other, you know, the, the, the same thing, Christianity. So now one branch is saying, oh, well, we do it like this. And one says, well, we do it like this. And one says, we do it like this. Uh-huh. And now... Because you're humble, because you have an open mind, because you have an open heart, you see the beauty in all of them. Mm. But that's a no-no. You're not allowed to do that. You have to choose one. You Mm. have to marry only one woman. And if you see the beauty in any other woman, you a cheater. Mm. So now... I have to be honest, brother, from 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 where I sit, I've gone to Kingdom Hall. Mm. I myself have been a Jehovah Witness. I see the beauty in Jehovah Witness, but I got to be honest, brother. I see the beauty in Pentecost, too. I see the beauty in Seventh-day Adventist. I see the beauty in Catholicism. Mm. I, I as 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 off kilter as it may be to some Christians, I see the beauty in atheism. I don't, I'm not judging anybody for in any path that they take. And if anybody can see the beauty in more than one, I feel more aligned with them than anybody else. So when you say, uh, uh, mother rest in power, she saw the beauty in something else other than that one. That just means she wasn't in a cult. She wasn't just stuck in one thing. She was like, you know, her mind was open enough to say, let me see what's going on over here and, you know, how I can fit in over there as well. And I think that's a very brave thing to do, to step out of the program, to have a, 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 
people say I chose Christianity. Well, did you choose what what else did you look into to make you choose this? Oh, well, I didn't look into anything else. I was just born into it. That's why I'm in it. That's more of I don't care what your actual denomination or religion may be. If you haven't been brave enough to look at or consider anything else, then that's a cult. Mm. Oh, that's a cult-like belief system that's been forced within you that you can't break out of no matter what. You know, that's the same thing. What people don't understand is where these correlations come in into into real life. And like, for example, I'm going to go back to something that is completely unrelated. What happened with that general speaking to that um, Matt Getz when he asked him about critical race theory being taught? in um at West Point or did he feel like it should be in front of Congress and he was expecting a different answer and the general said listen part of what he said in response he said yeah I do believe it should be taught he said and part of that is like I've read Mao Zedong I've read um all these different people that doesn't make me a communist that doesn't make me you know it doesn't make me a religious, you know, just because you can take, that's a sign of intelligence to be able to take different things in and decide and decipher whether or not it's right for you. Can we get a clap? Can we, can, can, can we get a clap on that one? I got you. I got it. Even though it's self-serving, <laughs> it's self-serving in this point, but yeah, I got you on that. But that's really what it is. These are the parallels. These are the breakdowns and everything. And one of my regular contributors on my Thursday, my Thursday show, our regular show is like my boy Grant. And he's always saying the 85s, fives and the tens, you know, 85% of the people are just going to believe whatever they are, you know, whatever it is. I'm deaf and blind. And these are the people that are watching these things. And they're not even tuning in to conversations like this because it's like we already off the rails. We were off the rails 20 minutes ago for them because it just it's an attack at everything that they already know. And you can't tell a grown person what to know or what not to know. You can't teach them to make their own decisions when it's easier to follow. And I used to always say there's a reason why, like, you know, people, they adore the military. And if you say anything bad bad about the military, it just is what it is. You know, two things can be true. They can be brave. They could be cowardly. They could be indoctrinated. They could be generally believing in what it is that they do, but whatever it is. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything. It's just your opinion. It doesn't mean anything. So, um. What I used to say about the enlisted people, people who enlist is because some people just need to be told what to do. They just think it's easier that way. And that's the 85. Yeah. 85%. They don't know what's going on. 10%. They know what, Oh, I'm sorry. 15%. They know what's going on of that 15%, 10% want to hide it the other five percent they know it and they want to reveal it so those people that know it and want to reveal it they call them the five percenters that's what you and i are we the five percenters you know (sighs) buffalo roam birds fly yeah Mm. We tell truth. 
Whether Ooh. you like it or not. So, you know, but the church has been a, we, the church has been like a very important part of our community. But um, right now, a lot of black adults, they're actually abandoning churches and Christianity and religion altogether. And um, I don't know how to feel about it. See, personally, because of my background in churches, I've always been around churches. I told you my brother is a minister. My sister is uh, also a minister. And my mother, she could read the Bible backwards and forwards. So it's like, to me, when I was in my house, when I would be in my house and I would come downstairs, these messages have been, this was my surroundings. This is my environment, you know, at all points in time. So whether I was going to a church or I wasn't going to church, I was always surrounded by prayer. And I understand that. And I've always had a very spiritual side, personal side, but I also don't believe like, you know, I also understand that the Bible is a book and it was like, it's been made. It was like done by redone by uh, King James. That's why you got the King James version and there were older versions. And generally what it is, is that like most religious books, there's always good inside the book and you have to feel that in your spirit, in those words. And there's also, there were also hidden, hidden agendas that are in that and everything. But the devil also knew the word of God backwards and forwards. So you have to always oh be aware God. of that. You have to always be aware of that. So it's like, once you take all these truths and everything, you put it to, put it together in your spirit, then it really becomes different or easy to me. You know, I don't think I would ever be a minister um, or a pastor, but I do preach. Give <laughs> 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 myself a round of applause for that one. Yeah. But um, I leave it to I leave it to other people. I make judgments on what people do for their religions. Some people actually, a lot of people actually still attend churches because of the fact that they they feel that spirit, and that's what they do, and that's what I fo- focus on. Go ahead. Well, you know, church has actually, you know, I I heard a term recently called holy roller. Have you heard that term before? Yes. Holy People rollers. only go to church on Sundays. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, only go to church on Easter and, you know, mm-hmm. somebody die or get married. Right. You know, they, you know, they roll through. But anyway, right. um, I haven't been to church in a while, you know, so, you know, and, and I'm only going to go to church on certain instances. Um and I know a lot of Christians who don't go to church. In addition to that, uh, church took a really hard hit during COVID. Mm. Like I didn't, I didn't, I'd like a lot of, I don't know if a lot of churches came back from that. I don't mm. know. Like, like, you know, I, I've been seeing them going on the internet and uh, they saying you can do the, uh, I, I, uh, like, 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 like the church is, is closed, but they got that little, whatever outside right. that have had little messages. Right. It'll have the cash app, mm-hmm. you know, we're going live on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, it's funny. I actually read an article about that and they were saying that that's part of the problem. A lot of people lost, um, they stopped going to churches. They already had low people. They already had low, um, attendance and now it's, You've got virtual church. People feel like they want to try a different type of spirituality. Um, they, Some people feel oppressed by the image of white Jesus. As far as black people are concerned, they want a different type of deity to look forward to. I don't know where, where the spirituality is in that, but go ahead. What were you saying? 
Well, you know, the dawn of the televangelists has had an effect as well, mm. where a lot of the people feel like they can't make it. So they'll just tune in from, you know, like grandma mm-hmm. will watch church, church on TV, church seven days a week, sometimes depending on how she feel. Cause yes. it's on a, uh, I think it's like CBN Christian right. broadcasting network with, uh, What's the host name? He's old. I don't know. I just scroll by. (laughs) That's wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But but no, uh, Pat Pat Robinson is pretty famous, though. Yeah. 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 Like I said, I I just, you know, it's just not. But no, no, no. I'm with you. I don't, I don't, but, you know, I think he has the best show on you know, of any of the others, but nonetheless, you know, not to get too far off, but uh, I was just mentioning that the televangelist has had an effect on church attendance for a while, as well as these new factors like COVID-19. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, I would say that um, Joel Osteen, he didn't come out off looking too well, you know, with him and spending a lot of money with the churches. Um, they're saying that a lot of black people are, are taken back by a lot of the scandals that have happened. Um, they feel like these people are disingenuous. Um, Bishop Eddie Long, rest in peace. Bishop, yeah, that was, that was bad. There's, there's, a, they're, they're saying that they're trying, that there needs to be a reimagining of church structures and buildings. Yeah. Uh, in addition, I've heard in recent news, uh, like maybe the past year and a half or something, not too recent, but maybe, you know, maybe in two years, but millennials, there's a big wave of millennials who, uh, have never stepped foot in the, like you and I, you know, we, we spent the greater part, uh, of our childhood in the church, but the millennials, they've never been to church at all. A big part of them, like, nah, I've never, ever been to church in my life. A lot of them, like this new generation. A lot of that is the economics of what America became at the time when they were growing up too. Um, part of the part of the promise of church in America, America apple pie church, that whole thing was based upon community. And when you had that first, I this is why I always go back when you had that first like um, hit when Bush was president and the economy like dropped and tanked. A lot of those people grew up in insecurity. So insecurity, you may start going out to, you may go to church to pray for the first month, but by the second month, it's Sodom and Gomorrah, Mm. you know, it's going down either way. Families break up, you know, a lot of families broke up. A lot of insecurity came in the picture for people who thought that they were secure. So everything that we're dealing with is a residual effect of these things. And especially something as catastrophic as the economic, you know, as the economic um, collapse in 2006. I come, I work in, I was working as a mortgage banker at that time. So it resonated with me. I kind of saw what was coming. I always tell people, if you're going to, if you really want to understand anything about business money, um, how they think the big short watch that movie. If you haven't seen that movie, you should watch that movie because you'll understand exactly what you're up against. Motherfuckers don't give a fuck. 
And that insecurity has kind of trickled down and they trickle down as white people feel bad. Then they make it, they want everybody else to feel bad. So all these things and not going to church and this is the, it's the breakdown. It's all money. It's all money based. When people think that they are in a certain situation, they think that they're better off then they're willing to point the finger more and they're willing to go along. But once the money dries up, you know, your job can't pay you. You going to work. Ooh, teach. A church can't feed them. Can't feed them that lie and it be the truth because the reality is the bills are coming in and you have all this insecurity and now your wife is looking for somebody else and it's just all fucked up. It's just all fucked up. So we never really heal from that. Never really heal from that. A hundred percent. If we're talking about as a, on a national scale, when how that affects black people is that of course we always, the misery always trickles down. Last one hired, first one fired. Mm. So. Crumb. We've had a great conversation. I think I'm going to end it here. I want you to give yourself a round of applause. We thought we were going to be talking about one thing, and we just jumped off because we because the conversation was so good. And I like that. I like that. I'm happy with that. And, you know, it's a holiday thing. So I wanted to go to work. I wanted to do this today, especially to let you know what I think about this holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So like to have you back sometime. You know, maybe even like to, like the um I know like my panel of brothers that we speak on Thurs on uh Thursday nights. We do our recording on Thursday nights. Um perhaps I'd like to have you come in and like, you know, get with them and everything. If you have time sometime. Okay? I'll make time. Thank you. Crumb the master student. Man of applause. Born in trouble. Tuesday talks. Peace.